Were you blessed by that? Amen. Thank you, Tony. What an appropriate day for you to sing. His little girl Maddie baptized this morning, and now he delivers such a powerful song about Jesus. I've told you already what we're going to do on August the 8th out here in the backfield. Time for ministry. We're going to provide those free backpacks. We're going to provide food for everyone. There's going to be a lot of fun. But the greatest thing of all is we're going to do our best to give them Jesus. We're going to do our best to share the gospel. <clears throat> to share the gospel message with every person in attendance, both in a group setting, as I'll share a simple, very short presentation of the gospel, but also one-on-one -on -one through individuals using the faith message and outline will share the gospel with those in attendance. This is the, of utmost importance for the success of the ministry of Dalreda Baptist Church. I want you to listen very closely right now. Our youth just recently returned from Bat Cave, North Carolina, where they were involved in missions at the Bat Cave Baptist Church as their mission field. I received a call this week from one of their deacons, who, by the way, was not even in town the week that our children were there. His name is Ronnie Lee. He was so full of excitement and so full of emotions over what took place through our young people being there. He said to me, Pastor, I just had to call and talk with you I didn't want to talk to anybody else. I want to talk with you about how grateful our congregation is about your young people. He, great work, he said, over and over again, he said to me, great work they did. There was a family new to our community that the kids shared with you about. The dad was suffering from cancer. He said, your young people minister to this family in a way that we had not and could not, and that family cannot get over it. They helped around the house, moving boxes and furniture and other work. That man passed away this week. And through our kids' ministry with them, a door was opened for the Bat Cave Baptist Church to minister further to this family through this time of bereavement. He said the family has talked over and over and over again about our young people and the wonderful things that they've done for them. Mr. Lee said that when he returned to town, he could not believe how beautiful everything was around the church. He said it was so overgrown, so in, in need of so much attention. And he says, I'm telling you, those kids did some hard work. And we are so, so thankful for the Dalreda Baptist Church 
and especially your young people. He told me of another gentleman who had received a bag. Uh, I guess they had bags with flowers and other things in them that they passed out. And they, he read the material. He and his wife were having serious marital problems, and they were about to divorce. And he was, sorry, he was so touched through their ministry to get his, he decided to get his family back in church. They were there last Sunday as an entire family, and he shared that God is doing a work in their marriage. Two others have been drawn back to church who had not been to church in a long, long time because of the love and care of the young people from this congregation. Their church is so very grateful for the ministry done among them, and they're excited again about church and about the opportunity they have to reach the community of Bat Cove for Jesus. Hear me. That is exactly why we're doing what we're doing on the 8th of August. People with needs live right here, just like they live in Bat Cave, North Carolina. There are people who are hurting. There are marriages that are falling apart. There are other situations. There are people dying. There are, there are family members who are doing all they can to care for their loved one, and yet they don't seem to be able to do enough. There are people who need help around their house. There are folks who need ministry right here in Dalrada Baptist Church community. And we have an opportunity. We want this community to know that we genuinely care. That we genuinely gave all of the money to buy this back, these backpacks and this supplies that this church paid for everything that they eat that day, for all of the fun that they have. And, and we're going to welcome them with open arms and joy and, and share Jesus with them and love on them. We want them to know that this church is here for them, and we want to minister to them through Jesus. We need to give the money to pay for the backpacks and the supplies and the expenses for this mission cause. Let's just do it. I don't want to have to say another word about it. Let's just do it. Let's just pay for it. Take note. Come help. And packing with the packing of the backpacks at 3 on Sunday, August the 1st, and be here for one-hour training at 5 o'clock so you, you can share the faith message and by all means, sign up to be a worker, to be a part of this outreach mission on August 8th. We are going to do this together. I said we're going to do this together. There we are together, okay. And we're going to do that. I want to review just a little bit of the F of faith, forgiveness. Forgiveness, you remember, is undeserved Nobody works for it. Nobody can deserve it. It is unlimited. He forgives for anything, regardless of your past, and regardless of the past of those who will be here that Sunday afternoon. He ha has already undertaken the penalty of every wrong ever done. He died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. He's already taken that penalty. And whatever he forgives goes unmentioned 
for the rest of your life and for the rest of their lives and for eternity to come, even the judgment that that has forgiven is under the blood of Jesus and will never be brought to the charge again. We talked about Ephesians 4.25 through 32 where God says, be kind one another, to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. And we talked about the fact that in our everyday life, in our relationships, that we ought to walk in forgiveness with the same kind of forgiveness that God has given us, and we ought to forgive others with that same, undeserved as it may be, with that same unconditional forgiveness, with that same forgiveness that never brings it up again and is willing to suffer the pain of forgiving that one that needs to be forgiven. As we examine this passage, we were reminded, maybe some of us discovered for the first time, that God requires the same level and depth of forgiveness for us, of us, for others, as he has provided for us in Jesus. So it's a very difficult thing for the carnal mind to even imagine forgiving someone else to the debt that we never hold them accountable again for their wrongdoing, but that's what God asks of us. When we consider the difficulty of this kind of forgiveness, that the one doing the forgiving pays a much higher price than the one who is forgiven. We understand what the forgiveness of God has cost him through the suffering and death of his only son on the cross. That should motivate us, church. That should motivate us to share the good news of salvation in a more passionate and caring way and determined way than we've ever done again uh, done before, excuse me, and we'll continue to do that by being reminded of the forgiveness that we have in Christ Jesus. As we are to share faith with those who need Jesus, an unforgiving heart, listen to me, an unforgiving heart is more detectable by that individual than a neon sign flashing, Jesus saves. You can't hide an unforgiving heart. If we want the Holy Spirit to be free to work in our presence, as we share the gospel message of forgiveness and of heaven, and that we that message must come from a heart that is full of gratitude for the forgiveness that we've received, and indeed, as we're the recipients of God's love and His forgiveness, if we're to be this kind of grateful for our forgiveness and salvation then the message will be clear and will be received by others as genuine and heartfelt if we walk with that kind of an understanding of what God's done for us and what he requires of us. That's F of faith. Today I want to talk to you just a few minutes about the A. God's forgiveness is available. It is available. As a matter of fact, it is available to everyone. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever 
will believe on him would not perish or should not perish, but have everlasting life. The scripture first further states in the third chapter of John, the next verse, 17, says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, the world through him might be saved. We can know that to anyone with whom the gospel is shared, we can state emphatically that God loves that individual. In love for mankind, he had made his offer of forgiveness and eternal life available to anyone who would relieve on the Lord Jesus Christ and trust his sacrifice for our sins on the cross. As a matter of fact, the scripture tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So many times we take that to mean that he's long-suffering as we, he's, he's, uh, we're sharing the gospel. And he, uh, listen, that long-suffering is about him coming again. Listen to what the message, how it translates that passage. God isn't late with his promise as some measure lateness. He is restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change, to repent. You see, it's God's will. And he has provided a way for every person to come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The words believe in him aren't speaking of a mental acceptance that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that he died on the cross for our sins, but rather they speak of a personal trust in the finished work of Jesus, of him who died for my sins and your sins, so that through faith we might receive forgiveness, an everlasting life, and a home in heaven found only in Jesus. Forgiveness is available. When you share the faith message, when you share your testimony, you can do so with confidence that God's forgiveness is available to every person. Now, is every person going to be saved? According to Jesus, they're not. He says the way that leads to, to salvation is narrow and few find it. But he says the way that leads to destruction, that would be hell, is broad and many go that way. God, in his perfect knowledge, he knows that not everyone will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And history tells us that all through time. There have been countless of those who have died outside of Christ. But that's not for us to decipher and decide who he's going to save and who he's not. We're to be true to the gospel. I don't even care if you believe in predestination. We are signed by Jesus to share the gospel with everyone, every place we go, and trust him to do the work and to draw them, for he loves them and wants them to come to faith in Christ. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, God's forgiveness is available, but it's not automatic. 
doesn't mean just because you're a human and you've been sitting in church this morning that you've, got, you've received God's forgiveness. It doesn't mean that you have eternal life. You know, salvation doesn't pass from one to, other, to another by osmosis. You just can't do it that way. You can't breathe on somebody. You can't cough on them. And they can catch COVID that way, perhaps, but they cannot, or the flu, but they cannot catch Jesus that way. It is through sharing our faith, and they come to faith in him, for it is not automatic. God's forgiveness is a gift from him, but a gift must be received. I could remind you every Sunday that there is a gift for you on the Lord's Supper table. There's not one, so don't run down here to get it. But I could remind you every Sunday for a year, two years, for 22 years, I could have reminded you there is a gift for you to pick up on the offerings table. But let me tell you, it will never be in your possession until you take it. It will never be yours until you receive it. And God's forgiveness is available to everyone, but it is not automatic. It will never belong to you. It will never belong to any of those who are coming on Sunday afternoon the 8th it will not belong to any of those that you meet in the marketplace or at the workplace until they receive God's offer of forgiveness in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus has done all that is necessary for every person to be forgiven and go to heaven and spend an eternity there. He has done it all. But until one receives it by taking it for themselves, you have not the possession of God's forgiveness. He's done all that's necessary, but he'll never force anyone to come to him. One must receive it. The scripture says, for as many as receive him, to them. You need to understand the distinction there. To as many as receive him. For as many as receive him. Not for as many who, who attend a Baptist church. Not even for as many who go through the baptistry. But for as many who receive him. Who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. To them he gives the right to become the children of God. To those who believe on his name, John 1, 12. You see, God loves you. God loves all of those who are going to be here on Sunday, August the 8th. God cares about them. God demonstrated his love and care through the giving of his son. Jesus demonstrated his willingness to go to the cross and die for everybody's sins when he gave himself up and was crucified and took on our sin for the world. The word says that he became sin for us, the one who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. But how do we receive that? In him. It is a matter of receiving Jesus. It's a matter of believing on him. And the reason we want to share the faith message on that Sunday afternoon, and I hope it becomes a practice every day in our lives, 
I, I trust it'll become a practice everywhere we go in the marketplace. As I said, while well, I go in the, in the workplace, in the home place, in the school place, wherever we go, I hope it becomes and trust that it will become a practice of the membership of Dalrada Baptist Church. So let me tell you what, folks love to talk about the local church. You know that? You, you can go to, when I first came here, I didn't, I didn't have any place of doing business. I, I, I didn't have any place of getting a haircut. I didn't have a place of buying clothes. I didn't have a place of shopping for food. I didn't have any. I didn't have, I had a golf course I'd ever played on here before. Everywhere I went was new. And everywhere I went, folks say, aren't you new here? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm the new pastor at Dalreda Baptist Church. Oh. Let me tell you what, I used to go to Dalrada. Did you know what? When I first came here, Hank Henderson told me, everybody in Montgomery is a member of Dalrada Baptist Church or has been a member. I began to believe him. Everywhere I went, I used to go to that church until this. I used to go to that church until this. Let me tell you what, that may have been true of yesterday, but let me tell you, nobody can say anything about Dalrada Baptist Church in the last 30 years, nobody can say those kind of things. Why? Because this church is a church that loves Jesus. We love this community. We love to share the gospel. We get excited when folks come to faith in Christ. We fill the baptistry every opportunity we can. We love this community. We do outreach to this community. We offer all kinds of ministries and saying that we care. People talk about Dalrada Baptist Church today in a very positive way. There's a church who does things. A lady just met me in the parking lot the other day. She says, I drove over here because I've heard of your church. I've heard that you minister to people and help people. And she says, Pastor, I want you to come look. My car has not got one gallon of gas in it. I cannot go get groceries. I can't do anything. I, I've got food stamps. I can get some groceries. I have a place to live. She says, but I can't even get any gas. She says, but I've heard that your church cares and that your church will help folks. I said, well, man, we don't hand out money. She says, I, I don't care if you'll go get a gallon of gas and put it in my car. I don't care if you'll just help me with gas so that I can go to where I need to go and get groceries and, and take care of business. I said, how much gas you got in your car? She said, I don't know, it's been empty for two days. I said, you think it'll make it over to the MAPCO? She says, I think so. I said, if it doesn't, I'll get out and help you push it the rest of the way. That was a stupid statement, wasn't it? She followed me to MAPCO. She said, $5 would be good. When it got to 20 she said, Oh, pastor, that's plenty. I said, ma'am, Dalrada Baptist Church doesn't believe in doing a halfway job and ministering somebody. I want you to give you enough gas so you can get a job, get to work, get your groceries, take care of your family. And I feel that car slap up, put my foot in it and packed it down and put some more. She ran around that place. Just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's the best church in the world. I love you, Pastor. Thank you so much. I'm going to be at your church. She's not here this morning, but she's going to be here. Maybe in spirit, but she's going to be here. I'm just telling you, 
I want to be known as a church, not a church that buys gas. I don't want to be a church known as a church that gives away food. We do that when it's necessary and needed. But we don't do that as a habit of just giving it out. I want you to know that your mission money, your money for those that are in need is carefully used. But we do it in a way where we say we genuinely care. We want to meet your need and we're not going to do it halfway. If you got to need your rent paid, we're going to pay your rent, not just enough so you can go begging somewhere else. Your rent's paid and I get to work. And we minister in a way, oh, I'm saying this on live and we'll probably get bombarded this week. But I'm just telling you, I want this church to be known, not as a church that gives groceries and gas and other needs met, but a church who gives away Jesus, that tells them about Jesus. As I shared Jesus with that lady that day, she says, oh, yes, sir, I know him. I know him. She told me about when she was saved. We had a pretty good time. But let me tell you, the field is white under harvest. But Jesus said, where are the laborers? You say, well, I don't know what to say. That's the reason we're teaching you faith. That's the reason I'm preaching through it, so you have a better understanding of what it's really talking about. And that's the reason we're going to have a, a class on that Sunday, August the 1st, so that you can share Jesus and we can reach this community. That cave, North Carolina, is talking about Dalrada Baptist Church this week. They're gleaning the benefits of our precious young people ministering to that community. Don't you want folks in this community to be talking about Dalrada Baptist Church? They're gleaning the benefits having come to Dalreda and meeting Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that not only have you saved us and you've given us marching orders, you've told, told us what we need to do. Matter of fact, you've given us such directives that we are charged with sharing the gospel. Lord, we thank you that you give us the tools. You give us the message to share. And our changed life is the greatest message that we have. May we be found faithful. Lord, if there's one person in this building today who has never come to faith in Christ, I invite them to come today. Lord, I'll be standing down front. I pray you move on their heart and they'll come and say, Pastor, I need Jesus. Lord, I, I pray for that to be the benefit of this message today. Lord, I pray for you to motivate the membership of this church that we be about ministering to this community. We've been shut up by COVID too long. We're going to overcome it. 
We're going to proclaim the gospel. We're going to work. We're going to broadcast. We're going to serve. We're going to stay with it until Jesus comes. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.